everyone. What is up? My name is Samantha Bertola and this is the Revealed Podcast. I am so incredibly excited that this is the first release. Thank you to everyone who has been so supportive on Instagram, on TikTok. You have just been so encouraging to me in this journey and you all make it so easy to be vulnerable. I am excited to um, jump into the first episode. I hope you all enjoy it. Welcome to episode one of the Revealed podcast. I am so expectant for this space. I have such vision for this podcast. I have had this on my heart for the last three years. Some of you know that I've been wrestling with the vulnerability aspect of this, but praise the Lord for just gently convicting me to start. We live in a world that glorifies and glamorizes the party lifestyle, drinking, doing drugs, having this unrealistic life that honestly doesn't lead to happiness, even though the world tells us that that is how we get happiness. It is a complete lie, and I want to uncover it. I want to reveal the truth of this culture, reveal the truth of what that path really brings. I cannot wait to have different guest speakers who have similar backgrounds as me and vastly different backgrounds than me to talk on these issues, talk about how our world glorifies this lifestyle. And I truly am so, so expectant for this podcast, for this space, and for what God is going to do. Some background for me, I'll get into more of that later, but I was in cycles of partying from when I was a junior, I would say sophomore, junior year of high school, all the way up until I was 25. Um, The first time I even drank was when I was like, I think it was like 14 years old is when I first tried alcohol. And I partied really hard throughout college and throughout just my um, early 20s into, you know, all throughout then. And then stopped about three years ago on October 3rd of 2020, which actually just passed recently. And it's insane to see all the growth and the change and transformation that the Lord has brought into my life. I noticed in my life that partying cycles that I was trapped in led to destruction that robbed me of my future legacy. My hope is to bring um, hope to others and let them know that the power of God can break chains, can break cycles, can break addictions. And I now walk in every day knowing that there is a hope for my future, no longer thinking that, um, there's no hope for me that I will always be this way. This is how my parents were. So this is how I'm going to be. And it has been such a beautiful, beautiful journey. I think about, um, the things that I used to do and how hard it was just navigating through those things. And my hope is just to bring, um, that peace and just bring the Lord into others' lives. Even if it's just one person, I, I'm not doing this for the cloud. I'm not doing this for the fame. I am doing this only because I feel the Lord has transformed my life so much that 
I just feel the need to share it with others, to glorify him. Um, I actually think of the verse, 1 Corinthians 9.23, which I just got tattooed on my arm this year. And it's saying, um, I do this for the sake of the gospel, so I may share in its blessings. And that is truly the heart behind this podcast, that I truly want to do this um, just to share in the blessing of the gospel. It has been the greatest, greatest gift that I've had in my life. Also, full disclosure, I have no idea what I am doing when it comes to being a podcaster, starting a podcast, anything. So I am literally walking in blindly, watching others, kind of talk to a couple of other people that have podcasts and kind of ask them what direction. And a lot of them just said, just start. So this is me just starting. And it's probably going to be rough for a little bit. I would love to get video eventually, but I just feel like when is the best time to start? rather than now. I just felt like I really need to do this. I've been talking about it for three years. I also want to encourage those of you that have felt something on your heart. Um, I really encourage you to take that step of faith and to be able to walk in that and just trust the Lord in it. I don't know what's going to come of this. Um, I'm literally just giving it all to God, but I knew that I had to start. So here I am. Anyway, let's dive in. I was thinking about where I even wanted to start, where I wanted to go, how I was going to talk by myself for a long time. I thought I was going to have a guest, but then I just decided I just need to start. So we are going to start in um, the verse that honestly changed my life. I mentioned the date October 3rd, 2020. It was um, kind of in the thick of covid I grew up as a Christian my entire life, um, but I fell into partying because, you know, family life and all this other different stuff as people that I was surrounded by, the friends that I chose, it just kind of led me in that direction. Um, And I didn't know how to get out. I had been a worship leader for a little bit. I have teetered back and forth. I felt like I was living a double life on Snapchat and Instagram. I was... um, heavily, heavily drinking like five to seven days a week. I was doing drugs. I was a raver. I partied all the time. I was staying up until like 7am and sleeping in and then waking up and just partying again. It was taking a toll on my life in such a heavy way. Um, and literally brought me just shame and depression and all these things that I didn't really know how to get out of, but I would always call on the Lord Um, in times of trouble. And I even remember when I felt the furthest away from him, I knew that he was always there. Um, So to dive into the verse this week that I really want to focus on is Psalm 107, 10 through 21, because I feel like it encompasses my whole um, 180 turnaround on October 3rd, 2020. Um, And so I'm just going to read it and then we can get into it. So it says, Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled, and there was no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. 
Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their inequities. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Man, this verse brought me out of so much, specifically um, for he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. I love that so much um, because I felt like I was literally chained so, um, so restricted and so bound that I felt like I was never going to get out of it. And the Lord truly breaks the toughest of chains, the toughest of cycles. And I just want to encourage if someone is in that right now, that, um, the Lord has power over all things and he has overcome all things. So no matter what you're facing, the Lord has defeated it and he wants to free you from that thing. And I truly am coming from a place where I have been in darkness. I have wanted to kill myself. I have wanted to end my life. And the Lord has always, always just been there for me and brought me through. Yeah, I just, I love this verse so much because it really encompasses the journey that I had or that I, you know, had with God and I continue to have with God in the last three years. I guess I just want to start with the first little bit here where it says some sat in darkness and utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands. I had always been a Christian in my life, as I said previously, but I think the biggest thing for me when dealing with all of this, I was, I was always praying to God to deliver me from where I was at. And I thought he would just do it for me. Like it would just like magically happen. Um, And I've heard of stories where that has happened, but that wasn't necessarily my story. This was something that I was going back and forth with the Lord for years. Like I had been in ministry in 2015 to 2016 when I was 20 years old. And then when I turned 21, the whole alcohol partying Vegas thing got a hold of me. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do this. I ended up getting a boyfriend, moving back up to the college town that I was in previously called Chico, California, which was a notorious party area. I remember even telling God at one point, I felt the call of worship and missions and all this stuff on my heart. And I remember going to Chico and for this boy, I said it wasn't for a boy, but it was 100% for a boy. And I remember just telling God and having this conversation with him and being like, God, I know that you don't want me to go to Chico, but I want to do things my way because I think they're going to be better. Man, I was so wrong. I was so wrong. And I think about how like, (laughs) 
Some sat in darkness and utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands. Oh my gosh, that was me. I rebelled against his plans. I told him out loud saying, Lord, I know, I know this is not where you want me to go, but I'm going to go there because I think I know better. And um, even when I was far away, like the most amazing thing about God, I mean, there's so many amazing things, but one of the most amazing things that I love about God is that he never leaves your side, even when you are doing wrong. Like he'll let let you walk in whatever you want to walk into. Um, I know that he would have, he protected me from a lot, but I could have saved myself, not saved myself, but I could have spared a lot of hurt and a lot of um, trauma had I just listened to God in the first place. And I'm not saying that the Lord was the one who put the bad things and the trauma in my life. That's not what I'm saying. Because I rebelled and I chose to do things that I did, it led to those traumas and those things. Had I walked the way the Lord asked me to walk in those boundaries, which he gives us in his word, then I could have not gone through those things. But that being said, I'm also thankful with where I'm at because I can't change things in the past, but I have learned so much and I really understand just being obedient to God's word. When you rebel against God's commands, um, the things that happened in my life, um, So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. That's 100% what happened. I literally called to the Lord and he saved me from my distress. Another part of this verse that I really wanted to touch on is when he says he sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Um, As I said, grew up Christian, did not read the Bible. Like I always um, kind of relied on other people's uh, knowledge of the Bible to tell me and to be filled that way. Um, And it just wasn't sustainable. I didn't end up even picking up the Bible and reading through it until I was 25. I think that there was many turning points in my journey, in my life, um, where the Lord was constantly planting seeds. I think a lot of those seeds didn't take growth until the night on October 3rd of 2020. And I know I've mentioned this date a few times, but it was really significant and impactful in my life and in my testimony. If we go back to the COVID times, I was partying a lot, as I said, five, seven days a week. It was COVID, so I didn't have a job at the time. I lost it due to the mass layoffs and things like that. I was a nanny, so I couldn't go into their home. I was basically getting paid to do nothing. I could not sit in my house. I was not someone who sat in my house. I know some people did. I was selfish at the time. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. So I moved back to Chico and I was living it up. I was really partying. I was going on boats. I was going to Vegas. I was drinking and doing a lot, a lot of drugs. I was probably doing cocaine like five days a week and Molly like three times a week. 
my serotonin levels were completely out of whack. And because I have dealt with depression, I was self-medicating and it was really taking a toll on me. I remember moments where I would just be sitting up, just completely wired, not being able to go to sleep after a night of partying and just thinking about my life and where it was going and what I was doing. I was looking around at my friends and what they were doing and what they encouraged me in and they were encouraging me and drinking more and taking shots. They were only encouraging me in those things because that's what they knew. That's what they thought would help me. When I would black out or do something stupid, they would say, oh, it's fine. It happens to us all because in reality, it did happen to us all. We all blacked out. We all made fools of ourselves. We were going to the clubs. We were making out with dudes in the club. (laughs) We were going home with guys and having one night stands. Sometimes they would stem into situationships. But at the end of the day, I was living a life that was so dependent on the things that were around me. It was so dependent on the guy that I had that month or that couple of months or whatever it was. I was so dependent on my friends calling me to parties and drinking with me. I did not want to live in the reality I had built for myself because the reality that I was in was not what I had thought it would ever be. I thought I would have a family. I thought that I would have people around me encouraging me in my education or things that were going to enhance my life, not take down my life. I was in such a mental state where I did not know what to turn to. I felt like my friends knew me, but they didn't really know me. I felt like the guys that I was with knew me, but they didn't really know me. I was giving myself away so freely that I was so hurt when these guys would walk away because they didn't truly know who I was. And it was this deep longing of just wanting to be known, wanting to be loved, wanting to be deemed worthy of love. This longing had been in my life for years since I started drinking, since I left the church, since I stopped talking to God. That is when this extreme amount of longing came. The reason I say all this is because this is the mental state that I was in on the night of October 2nd, 2020. That was the night before my life really turned around. I had already gone back and forth with God for years since 2016, and I finally was coming to the realization that the people around me were not really building me up in the best ways. They are lovely people. I love them so, so much, but it was just the place that they were in as well. They could not help me. Only the Lord could help me. No one around me could help me. I needed that cutoff time from everyone in order to just let the Lord remind me of who I was. So as the summer went on, as 2020 went on into the fall, the Lord had already planted so many seeds throughout the years. This is something that I was literally having a tug of war with God in. And on the 2nd of October, I went up to Sacramento. It was my friend's roommate's birthday. She rented a party bus and we were going to go wine tasting. The night before the wine tasting, actually, on October 1st, I had 
been a wreck. I had arrived that Friday night straight after work. I was so excited to go party in downtown Sacramento in Midtown. So I get to my friend's house. We start pre-gaming. We start taking shots. Normal night. Then we go out to the bars. We end up staying out, meeting these people, going to an after-after party, having a crazy, crazy night. And we end up getting home relatively late, basically the next day. Now, because I went up there for specifically the party bus and the birthday party, we had to get up, go to brunch, and get ready for this birthday party. And because it was her roommate who I had become friends with in that short amount of time, we had to pretty much rally, as I'm sure some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I wasn't even hungover at this point. I was still visibly and physically drunk. I woke up feeling still very, very drunk from the night before. And now we had started brunch and I was like, okay, how am I going to fight this hangover? It hasn't caught up to me yet. I'm going to drink more because of course that is the most logical thing to do, right? So we end up going to get drinks and we have brunch. I finally get food in my system. I'm still pretty drunk. We go back to the house, we get ready, we take showers, we do all we need to do to get pretty and cute and take pictures. So as the day goes on, we are still drinking. We're still having beers and white claws and things throughout the get ready process. And then people are coming over and we're drinking and we're taking shots and shots and more shots. And I had lost count of how much I was drinking. Now, to be honest with you, at this point in my life, this was nothing out of the ordinary. I often would lose count of how many shots I had or how much I was drinking. At that point in my life, I would just counteract it with drugs because that's what I knew to do. If I wanted to keep rallying, I needed something to enhance my body to make it think that it was sober. So at this point, we go wine tasting. I'm drinking wine. I'm feeling very drunk, and I decide to slow down a bit. I think it was a little bit too late for that realization. We end up going back to the house, taking naps. I cannot remember if I napped or not. I was just trying to be awake enough to go out that night because we were going to go clubbing. So I remember getting ready to go clubbing. I remember doing my hair and refreshing my makeup and getting an outfit on. I was going to Sacramento a lot at this point. That's why I became friends with this roommate and had become friends with a lot of her friend group. And it was great. They were great people. I loved hanging out over there. I also had a crush on one of her friends who we had already hooked up. We had already talked and I went up to his cabin at one point and I really liked him. But in this point in my life, I did not like men to know that I liked them because I felt like I was losing power just because I had so much hurt and pain from relationships that I never wanted to seem like the weak one. I never wanted to seem like the fool. So basically, we had hooked up a few times. We hung out multiple times and there was like this turning point where he just didn't want to talk to me anymore and I didn't know why. And so when we were at this party, he was kind of talking to this other girl and it made me jealous. So I wanted to make him jealous because at the time, of course, an eye for an eye, right? So I find one of his friends really cute. So I was flirting with him the whole night and really trying to get the other guy jealous. 
the reason I say that is because after the clubbing and everything, I tried getting at this guy. I don't remember really what happened, but I do remember ending up with a guy I had a crush on, and we ended up getting intimate that night. At this point, it had to have been like 2 a.m. My memory is very fragmented. I don't remember a lot of parts of the night, but I do remember hanging out with this guy at the end of the night. We end up spending the night together, and the next morning, which is October 3rd, 2020, I find out that I was an absolute wreck this entire night. I had known that I probably was a little drunk because I don't remember things, but things started coming out about how much of a wreck I was. I was rolling on the floor in the club, dancing in the line. I don't know what else I was doing, but it made me hurt with embarrassment. Once again, this was not an uncommon occurrence for me. There were many nights where I would black out And I would hear stories the next day of things that I did that were completely against my morals, against what I believed my character to be. When I was blacked out, I was just completely a different person. So as I'm finding all this stuff out, the guy leaves, kisses me on the cheek. We say goodbye. I am just sitting there mortified, wondering about what my friends aren't telling me. And once again, they say, Hey, it's okay. You were really funny. It's okay. It happens to us all. It'll be fine. No one will remember. Just let's drink and eat and this hangover will be gone and you won't even remember this night anyway. But I could not shake this feeling of just anxiousness, shame, and regret. I had definitely had this feeling in my past before, but this one had hit differently because it was a common occurrence. This one really hit different because I felt that my life was just on repeat. I was stuck in this cycle that was never ending. And God is not a God who puts things in our lives like shame and regret on us. He does not condemn us. He gently convicts us. However, I was so deep in disobedience that the things I began to receive out of my actions that were taking place were things like shame and regret because I wasn't leaning into God and I was leaning into my own self. I was allowing the enemy to take a hold of my thoughts rather than allowing God to set me free from the patterns that I felt trapped in. Although at the time I felt regret and shame, I was also having this feeling of conviction. And I have felt conviction before in my life, but... This was very, very different. There's a very good reason to why it feels different this time. To rewind even further back to this event, I was sitting in my car probably two months prior. I had just gotten back from Vegas. I got COVID and my roommate went off on me. It was awful. And I had even more shame and guilt and things that were pressing on me. Like I said, this wasn't uncommon for me to black out and make stupid choices. So I was feeling really heavy, really down. And when I was in quarantine, 
I leaned on God because I had no one else at the time, which is wild to think about because now going to God is the first thing I do rather than the last thing I do. But like I said, at that point in my life, that is not where my eyes were. They were not on the Lord. So two months prior, I was sitting in my car. I drove off because I was just feeling really heavy and I felt a spiritual attack. Now I know it was a spiritual attack. At the time, I didn't realize it, but I felt this voice so strong in my head just saying, just end it all. It'll be easier. Just end it all. No one wants you around anyway. You are ruining the people's lives around you. You are a giant mistake. You're failing everyone. And this voice was on repeat in my head and I couldn't get rid of it. So I drove off next to a creek and I was thinking of just driving my car off the cliff. As I sat there listening to this voice on repeat, I just felt the Holy Spirit meet me in my car. And I was encouraged to text my old pastor. When I told her I didn't even want to be alive anymore, she called me immediately and she prayed for me. She gave me truth when I needed it. She was gentle and she was kind about it, but she was also firm on what I needed to do. I needed a reset. I needed to get away from the friends that I was hanging out with. I needed to get away from the town I was living in, which was Chico. The Lord really blessed me in that moment and saved my life. Those prayers, those words of encouragement saved my life. And I wish I could tell you at that moment, that was my turning point, but it wasn't. I went to church. I sat in service. I started wanting to serve again and all of these different things. My pastor or my old pastor at the time told me that I should go to this program, which is basically a 12-step program. In my head, I was thinking, well, I'm not an addict, so I don't really need to go to this 12-step program. But I also felt the urge because of my life and the way it was going that I should at least try because it was about looking at your habits, hurts, and hangups and giving them to God. And throughout my life, who doesn't have those things? I certainly did. So prior to October 3rd, 2020, I had went to this group. I had gotten my first chip and I put it on my keys. I wanted to do better. I wanted to surrender to God. So I moved back to San Jose in the hopes that I would get away from the partying culture that was so engraved in that town. However, it did not stop me from partying. I wish it did. I wish I could say that I had a 180 shift at this point, but it didn't. I was driving up to Sacramento because all of my friends were so far up north, I felt so alone in San Jose. So I would constantly drive up for the weekends to go and party because I wanted to fulfill that desire. I didn't have any friends or community here, even though I was going to church. I just felt like I wasn't connecting with anyone. And so I felt the need to find community and what I had known, what was comfortable. So as you can see, I was teetering the fence back and forth, back and forth with the Lord. I had this coin on my keys. When I wake up on October 3rd, 2020, my keys are gone. I don't know where they are. 
I cannot find them. I can't remember big portions of my night, so I have no idea where my keys went. I was pretty broke too, because at this point I really needed a job because those checks from the government were starting to dwindle. And I had bills, I had car payments, I had things that I had to pay for. So this was a huge, huge stressor for me. I ended up having to spend over $300 to get a copy of my key, and I was an absolute mess. I kept on repeating, how dumb am I? When will I learn? Why do I keep ending up here? I ended up getting my car keys, but that coin will be forever lost. At the same time, I was thinking I didn't deserve that coin anyway. I just went back to what I was trying to get away from. I went back to the boy, back to the partying, back to what was comfortable. I remember just laying on the couch all day because I couldn't drive home because of how hungover I was. It was like three days worth of alcohol, binge drinking, hangover, induced anxiety. And as I sat there, I had a lot of time to just think about my life, my actions, and the things that led me to where I was at. I even remember thinking about the guy that I had been with the night before and just thinking to God, Lord, I know he's just going to go back to another girl and he doesn't see the value in me. I remember telling God, I know I deserve better. Why do I keep ending up with guys like this? And he wasn't a bad guy. He was actually a really nice guy. However, he didn't value me the way I knew I deserved to be valued. And I remember so clearly God saying, yes, my daughter, you deserve better, but you are not going to get better acting the way you're acting. And that right there was the turning point for my life. All the partying, all the drinking, all the drugs, I had realized I was praying so hard for God to get me out of something miraculously that it also took my obedience and my actions that needed to lead me to the freedom he has for me. I wasn't going to get the freedom through Christ if I continue to walk back to the very thing he was trying to free me from. I had realized if I wanted a godly husband, if I wanted a godly family, if I didn't want kids that were raised with a mother who just partied and would black out, I needed to change. I wanted to change. So that was the first day that I decided to change. And God made it really clear. He gave me two paths. He said, this path is the path to destruction and this path is the path to life and life with me. It was up to me to decide which path I was going to take because God is such a gentleman who won't force us, who will allow us to have free will and walk whichever way we want. I had the freedom to choose the path to destruction. I had the freedom to choose the path to life and freedom with Christ. And I'm so thankful to testify and say, I chose the path that is so much fuller of life 
and joy and peace, and that is walking with Christ, not the path to destruction. So in order to get off that path of destruction, I needed to change some things, and that included not going up north anymore. And it was really hard because every weekend for years I had partied. I had lived for the weekend, so much so that the weekend would often flood into my week. It was the first weekend that I didn't have plans. And I had to sit there, even though I had another birthday party I could have gone to. I had another event that I was invited to, and I could have gone to Sacramento. I had to choose for myself to take the path that God had for me. And that was not the path to destruction. So for the next two weeks, I sat in my house for the weekends and I sat and I was bored and I prayed to the Lord to bring me community. So I started going to church on Wednesdays at the women's group. And within two weeks, I had gotten friends. I found community and I was so floored by just the blessings of God outwardly happening before my eyes. I was a part of this friend group that would play board games and card games and would have alcohol around, but they never made it the main thing. It was always games or community or talking about what they're grateful for. I honestly didn't know how to respond because this was so different to what I was used to. I was used to these crazy wild parties and alcohol being the main thing always trying to get drunker, always trying to stay out later, always trying to push our bodies to the limits. For the first time in a long time, I was relearning how to have fun and how to do that sober, without drugs, without alcohol. I even forgot how to play just simple card games. I seriously just didn't know how to have fun without alcohol. I had to relearn how to have fun. But I am so grateful that I had the opportunity to be around people that just loved the Lord so much and showed me how to be wholesome again, how to have fun without relying on things that were not of God. I do want to say I do not think alcohol is from the devil or from the pits of hell. I believe it to be a gift from God. His first miracle was turning water into wine. There is no reason to think that alcohol is from the devil. However, for me, I needed to stay away from it because of the past that I had. And the Bible is very clear about being sober-minded. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Although alcohol is a gift, it can be twisted by the enemy to be destructive. So for those of you who do struggle with binge drinking and blacking out, this is not me condoning drinking and saying it's a gift from God, so drink however much you want. God is very clear on how we are called to live. Like I said before, you have free will. You get to choose which path you take. And if you don't know God... I am so happy that you're listening to this podcast right now, and I just want to let you know 
that he doesn't give us boundaries or has laws to restrict us or to take away our fun, but he gives it to us so we can have full freedom and full life. God completely delivered me and freed me from my addictions. I am sitting here three years from that day of October 3rd, 2020, and I can proudly say that I have absolutely no desire to do drugs, absolutely no desire to get drunk, absolutely no desire to go to the club. It is astonishing and miraculous how my life has been transformed. The last three years have not been easy. They have been very difficult. I am not perfect. There is only one who is perfect, and that is Jesus Christ himself. And I know as I continue to press into God, continue to have intimacy with him, but I know as I continue to walk with Jesus, the more I will become like him. And this doesn't just go for me. This goes for everyone and anyone who calls upon the name of Jesus and allows him to heal us and transform our minds and our hearts to be set on him and not the things of the world. Like Psalms 107, 16 says, for he shatters the door of bronze and cuts into the bars of iron. God can cut through the toughest of metals, the toughest of bonds. Back in this time, those were the two most strongest metals known to man. That is why it is so impactful and significant in this verse. It is saying it does not matter the strongest materials that you know of, God can break through them. The addiction cycles that you are stuck in, the people that you're surrounded by that are leading you to destruction, God can free you from it. But I also want to encourage that it is important for us to take responsibility and know that our actions are either going to lead to a path of destruction or a path of life. We have free will and we have a choice to make. But I promise if you pray to God to free you and deliver you, your mind will be transformed and you will see how things change and shift. But at the end of the day, it is your choice to decide if you wanna stay in those cycles or if you want to allow God to break those cycles, because God has the power to break those cycles. I think that's where I'm going to end for this first episode. I hope this was encouraging. I hope you enjoyed this story. I can't wait to see where this space goes. To end it, I'm just going to pray us out of here. Lord, Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you so much for allowing me to share my story. I pray the person that needs to hear this encouragement, the person that feels stuck in those cycles, I pray that it would find them. Lord, I pray for everyone that is listening to just be protected, to just feel loved and feel your presence all around them. And I pray these things in your mighty name, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to episode one of the Revealed podcast. I know it was rough. I know the audio was rough. I know that there's some parts and pieces that I wish I could just completely redo. Like I said, you just have to start. So this is me starting and I know it's going to be rough for a while, but I know that God can 
be our strength and our weakness. So I am thankful and I cannot wait to release the second episode.